Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Burnt Pancakes podcast. I am your host, Katie Fenske, and man, you guys, the sun is shining today. Um, we're heading into the three-day weekend. I'm recording this right before the Martin Luther King um, weekend. My birthday's on Monday. I'm turning 43. Um, it's just a good, good day. So I'm hoping that some of that positivity is coming through this mic all the way to you. I always set the intention when I start my recordings. Like I just hope this message, this conversation uplifts you and just brings you some positivity. So that's what I'm hoping for today. And I do have two amazing guests that are coming on. So I have on two friends, Megan and Katie. They're actually friends who I met through another friend, Vanessa, who I went to high school with, who I've known for years. Um, but I recently got acquainted with Katie and Megan, and we found out that we all have kids at the same elementary school. So it was kind of a little connection. Um, they are coming on today to discuss raising preteen and teen girls, um, how to build their confidence. So they both have four kids. They range from teenager all the way down to one-year-old, um, and they have teen and preteen girls. So what I love about them, when I asked both of them to come on the podcast, their reaction was, oh my gosh, are you sure me? Why me? Like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just raising this girl the best way I know how and figuring out as I go and then, you know, sharing what I know. And I was like, uh. Yeah, exactly. That's why you're perfect to come on this podcast because that's what we're doing. We are learning as we go. We're figuring things out. We're making mistakes and sharing about it. So they are putting together a little workshop for their daughters and their daughter's friends called Girls with Confidence. And I just, I love everything that they're sharing, the tips they're sharing, um, just what they're doing in this world for other moms and for these teen girls. So you're going to love the tips they share. Um, as a boy mom, I absolutely adored this conversation because not only do I feel like this is helpful for me to hear, but also they're going to be raising these young girls and women alongside my boys. And I want my boys to be with these strong girls who are confident, um, who have good self-esteem and I have friends that have girls. Like I want to share this with everyone. So Sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Katie and Megan. Hello, Katie and Megan. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yes. I'm so honored that you are on. I mentioned in my intro that um, when I asked both of you, both both said, oh gosh, why me? Like, I'm not an expert. I'm just a mom, like figuring it out as I go. And I'm like, that's exactly why you're perfect for this podcast. <laughs> like, we're all figuring out. So Thank why don't you. we just take a second just to, um, I would love to hear the story of how you two became friends because you've known each other since before either of you were teenagers. So just yeah. share that. We met in the first grade and then um, I think it was like the first week of school. In the yeah, weekend, the first and week of school, um, I heard the ice cream truck out front. And so I ran out and there was Megan at the ice cream truck and we're kind of like, <laughs> Hey, wait, I just like You're met you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so it turned out Megan and I lived like five houses apart from each other. Oh my God. And we have been friends ever since. Yeah, it was love at first sight. 37 years. <laughs> so yeah. oh. Okay. And then let me know um, how many kids you have and what their ages are. Huh. And we both have four kids. And so my oldest is Finley. 
He's 17. And then Della is 13. Cooper is seven. And Indy is two. Is that right? <laughs> I always um, have to um, double check. I'm like, how <laughs> once you have a few, it just starts to get out of hand. You just don't really know anymore. Um, so I have four, like Megan said. And so my oldest, her name is Charlie. She's 11. She's a sixth grader. So she hits that preteen. Um, and then I have River, who's eight. Uh, I have Sailor, who's four. She's turned four. And then my youngest is Benny, and he just turned one in October. Ah. 15 you guys are still in it with those littles. Mm. Yeah. Yes, we are. <laughs> At least okay. we have each other. Right. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay. So we all grew up in the 80s and 90s. Um, and when I look back at my like preteen teen years, like it was hard, but things are so different for kids now. Like, are you seeing a big difference, or did you expect it was gonna be like this as a mom of a preteen and teen? I think um, social media is huge because yeah. you um, you know when you're left out. I think that's the biggest thing, right? Um, is being you can see being, visually in real time whoa. that you're so being left out of something, and your friends are off. So it's not like you find out you were not invited to that sleepover. It's like you actually yeah. Sleep. When you get back to school on Monday, it's you know right then and there. You oh know? my goodness. It just seems even harder. So, okay. I was going to ask you about phones at the end, but maybe you can talk about this a little bit. Like at, at what point did you, do your girls have social media? At what point did you let them? So I, um, so we have a family rule. This is our family rule is that my kids get phones when they graduate sixth grade. And then I was going to do no social media until ninth grade, but my son was in COVID times. Mm. So in eighth grade, I threw him a bone and gave him TikTok. Um, so I had to do the same for Della. Yeah. Um, and then one thing I did was we I watched like documentaries with them, like screenagers and things like that, so that they didn't know it was just me being like mean, but I definitely got a lot of pushback especially with my daughter, um, about so-and-so has it. And I just, that's, that is fine. And I always just say that's their family rule, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's okay. And, you know, and I, and I say like someday you'll kind of get where I'm coming from because for a 43 year old who I like semi evolved, it's hard for me. So I, yeah, it's hard not to be addicted to it as yeah, yeah, I'm addicted to it. Like, yeah, I am. Yeah. yeah. So she has TikTok. Okay. And then gets more when she hits the ninth grade. Okay. <laughs> Charlie, like Megan said, we all have our different family rules. Um, Charlie's had a TikTok for quite some time. Um, but it, once again, it was during COVID that she sat there and would watch social media and make all, and she would do all her little dance mm-hmm. moves, but she's always had a restricted account and it's always been attached to my phone. So I can constantly monitor what she does. So I go on pretty much every night that I'm at work, I go and check her TikTok account. Um, so she had a tablet um, and now she got a cell phone for Christmas. Um, and so oh. now she has that, so she can do like the real texting and things, but like she had asked about having a Snapchat, if she can open a Snapchat account. Um, and it's funny because Megan had said 
before Charlie asked Adela one and one too, and it was both something we kind of agreed that I don't like Snapchat because that's where you can send messages and they erase quickly and there's no tracking. So I'm not comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. I would rather see stuff that I can see in real time whenever I pop in. Right, right. God, it's such a different world that we're navigating with our kids right now. Right. You know, it's it's not going away. Social media is here. And like, I, I love that you showed your kids a documentary about it. Cause I started my nine-year-old is like, mom, why can't I have a phone? You're so mean. Like it's not fair. And I'm like, it's not just me saying it. Like I've read articles talking about how dangerous it could be or how it's so hard for kids. So I, I definitely like that angle where you can say it's not just me. Yeah. 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 And that's it. Just last night I went on my phone and checked Charlie's TikTok and somebody had followed her. And then Charlie sent them a message like, do I know you? And they were like, no, why? And she was like, well, as I, you know, I don't need you to follow her. And so I just went and blocked them and deleted them. And that was that and recorded them. So yeah. Yeah. It's a different world. Um, okay. So the two of you are putting together a workshop for your girls called girls with confidence. Um, how did that idea start? Like, where did that come from? I think because we both like, well, tell each other what's going on with our daughters and kind of ask for advice and things like that. And then it's really me calling Megan saying help. (laughs) But how so fun you have that, like you have that, you have a friend that you can like bounce ideas off of, you know, get support. Yeah. Sounding board. Yeah. And Megan also like for a living is a behavior analysis. So she's been studying this stuff for a long time too. So, yeah. So I think that we, that that we talk a lot about what's going on and then um it also stemmed from katie you know she is the team mom for her softball girls Mm -hmm. and she's out there trying to give them confidence and trying to make them feel good when they're out there on the field and so i think that's we were talking about that and then also like katie um something i really admire about her is that she is very confident in her skin in her body. Mm-hmm. And she, I do think that her dad, um, since she's been like a little girl did not put gender roles on her that so many of us are given. He taught her, you know, how to change oil, how to do a tire. I mean, just the other day I was having an event here and I put the fire on and mm-hmm. I didn't open up the, <laughs> and I was about to turn the gas on and she's like over there. Oh wait, hold on. Let me, I got this. <laughs> oh my God. So she, she also in the class wants to do that where we can teach or she can, because I obviously can't. <laughs> yeah. Like when we were younger, uh, like my dad, my dad always taught, I mean, I just spent some, I adored my dad since I was a little girl. And so I spent so much time with him and he was always out in the garage tinkering around and he never limited me to, you know, like, okay, well, come help me put the new floors in the boat and we're going to change the spark plugs and distributor caps in the van. And I just got dirty and he was patient enough to show me how to do this stuff. And uh, so like when we were teenagers, I remember like driving down the 55 freeway and something happened to Megan's car and we like pull over on the side of the road and I'm laying there with like a shoestring, like tying up her bumper. Do you remember this? Doing these things that I feel like sometimes it would have just been a car full of teenagers, like damsels in distress, like, Oh my God, what do we do? And yeah. So and, um, I was like, no, don't worry. I got it. We'll figure it out. You know? And, um, 
So yeah, so I've spent a lot of time um, in the dugout with these girls and I've watched them grown from little girls to big girls now or young ladies. Mm. And it, I, it's been the most enjoyable time of my life. And I just kind of, you may remember just brainstorming some stuff and I just wanted to do something more with that. You know, I wanted to make a more impactful and confident um, and yeah. And these yeah. kids lives and, and little girls lives, because I do feel like I had a certain sense of confidence um, whether in, in a lot of things. And, um, and I just want these girls to know how incredible and how special they are and how much they can get through life. And it's going to be okay. You know? And, yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. And also like I can teach my boys skills that aren't typically, you know, Hey, come fold the laundry, come wash the dishes, yes. like those things, because girls can be taught to change oil and all that. I, I just love that you do that. What are some, um, specific things that you're going to teach them in the class? Do you- I really would like to teach them how to change a tire. Okay. Um, and, and, and check your oil, like some car maintenance yeah. stuff. I think it's yes. really important Um, how to do some things around like what a sink looks like, how to unclog a toilet, like just like things oh, that are really awesome. basic, like survival, like yeah. self-sufficient stuff that you don't have to spend a gazillion dollars to call the plumber out right. when you could just do it yourself. And Sadly, a lot of times women are taken advantage of, right? So um, I don't want to see anybody's dollars go spent in the wrong spot if you can yes. fix it yourself. Oh you my know? God. Please teach them to change a light bulb. Back when we lived in, a, in LA, we had um, we rented an apartment above our garage and there was like this 24-year-old girl. She called my husband one night and was like, oh, um, my light bulb went out. Can you come fix it? And he's like, okay, like I'm your landlord, but I, I don't. You know, I I don't change don't change it like for you. So yeah. yeah, that would be a good one. Add that one to your list. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Okay, you're also going to talk about coping skills to help manage anxiety and stress. Which I mean, yeah. I think we can all agree the amount of anxiety these kids are under these days is like through the roof. Um, what are some like tips or like tricks that you can teach? Girls? I think what we'll be talking in general. Yeah. Why? Um, so my experience, like I run social skills groups. Um, I used to do it more. I'm not doing it as much anymore, but like first things for, for the girls is to really like feel the feels of what's going on. Right. Like don't ignore it. Um, sometimes like something will happen, especially with my son. So I'm going to talk about him for a second. Like, Oh, it's not a big deal. And, but I can tell it is. So it's like, well, no, like it kind of is a big deal, you know? Or then, so really like, what is it exactly that you're feeling? Not just like, I'm mad, you know, like mm. now your, your feelings are hurt. You're feeling like left out. You're feeling a little disappointed. You're feeling like really being able, like Brene Brown says, like labeling all with their, with their feelings so they can like process it, you know? And so like, where Della sometimes um, it will be like it it feel like she almost sometimes uh, oh not overreacts but really feels her feels you know <laughs> so with her I'll kind of to help her is like I can see you know that this really feels like a big deal right and that's like something no. I say in like my social skills groups is like it feels like, how does it feel? Okay. It feels like a five, right? Yeah. Okay. But now let's take a step back and like, what is it really, you know? 
but again, acknowledging that it feels big in the moment because like sometimes like I could call my insurance company and like get annoyed and it feels like a big deal. (laughs) I know it's really just a lady. Yeah. It's just a wine (laughs) or whatever. So I think that the biggest thing is like, again, going through the emotions of whatever the situation is, identifying the feelings that you're feeling and not just pushing them down Mm -hmm. because pushing them down that's what's going to lead to yeah Yeah. I'm fine I'm fine yeah yeah but it's like Mm -hmm. no and um so that's one thing that I try to do with my kids is that and then um affirmations I mean really when especially Della like when she's feeling the feels about something writing affirmations for her um has been huge and I've asked her like because I've given her you know this huge toolbox of tools for anxiety and coping skills and I'll ask her like well what do you think has helped the most you know um and she I remember her saying she probably I don't know what she would say now but this was like a year ago was like putting essential oils on um not on her scars though one time she put um I think she had scratches from the guinea pig and oh, she yeah. put the essential oils because she thought it would calm it down and it but it burn. gave it a burn it was a burn yeah and they so, me like oh my god yeah what do I do so we had a good yeah. so, <laughs> poison control yeah oh, no yeah it was pretty bad so she says like doing the affirmations and smelling the oils oh. um do you like so do you write them out and like post them yeah okay yeah. And then another one is, um, oh, so this is what I do with my clients, but I've done it with, you know, Della and Finley is like, um, you can like go online and there's like coping skills for kids visuals, right? There's like a hundred different coping skills. And so what I'll do um, with, especially with my clients is I'll like read the list and be like, okay, do me a thumbs up or a thumbs down if it makes your body feel good when you do this. So it's like riding your bike or going swimming or taking deep breaths, right? Because it's like everybody's coping skills are going to be different, mm-hmm. right? Like I like to run. A lot of people can't stand running. Like thumbs right? down, no way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then um, for my clients, like then once I get that list, I'll put it up and be like, okay, remember when you're feeling these feels like, Whatever it is for them, remember maybe to pick one of these. You can turn to one of these skills yeah. to help eliminate so, that. So yeah, so I've done that with both my teenagers, um, and both of them really like like exercise for them is what helps get it out of them. Um, but it's not for available. So so that's one coping skill. Another thing that I've done. Um, is guided meditations, like kid ones. I, um, it like warms my heart because I've done this one. I did this one when they were like really younger and they will play it themselves sometimes. Wow. So you just online, but it's like so simple. Um, I I wish that was something I knew about sooner. Like it wasn't until like my forties that I learned about meditation. I like heard about it, but I never thought, oh, this is something like a normal person can do, and it's right there available on my phone. Whoa, yeah, that's so funny. I said my my eight year old son suffers from a lot of anxiety. Um, since he was really little, he's had panic attacks like 
four years old, I'm at the ER making sure it wasn't a heart attack. It was a panic attack. And um, I think four or five, right? Yeah. But um, I woke up in the middle of the night and he was awake and I'm like, what is that noise? And <laughs> there he was with his calming rain to like calm himself because he's, you know, and it's, it's just... Cool. Yeah, I couldn't sleep mom. So I just came in here and found, you know, his little rain video or his waterfall videos so he can calm himself down and, and go to sleep. And oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. When they start to see them actually really use the things that they probably looked at you first, like you were crazy. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now they're, now they're turning to them all on their own. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Cause when you're modeling it too, that's the thing you have to walk the walk, mm-hmm. you know? It's not just Um, mom. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think like, and this isn't necessarily a coping skill, but it is therapy. I mean, therapy, I just think if your child really needs it, um, it's just huge, you know, just to be able to process the prop, like their feelings with somebody that is not emotionally attached to it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I think in Katie and I can both like, agree to this is that one part of having teenage girls that is so hard is that when they're going through it we're also kind of like back to like 13 you're feeling you feel, like, yeah that's I think the one thing that yeah. shocked me the most is how upset I really get when I and how my heart feels uh, and I think sometimes I'm even more sad and emotional when I see my daughter being left out or um or getting her feelers hurt or whatnot, or someone said something not nice. And I am like, yeah, I immediately turned back to when I was her age and it happened to me and I feel it again. And I'm like, you know, my my first reaction is like, I want to go and like bring some kids neck, but then I have to throttle (laughs) it back. Okay. Let me try my other skill. Okay. How do we, how do we get through this in a constructive way? You know? Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. Would you say you're very similar to your daughters or are your daughters different than you? Um, my daughter is not, we are not alike. She was out there in theater, like putting herself out there. And I would never have done that. I think it was a lot shyer. Yeah. When we were younger. Yeah. Um, and I think Charlie, it, Charlie and I are, are similar in a lot of ways. We're both very outgoing extroverts. Um, I don't know though, if I feel like I was out as outgoing and confident as her at her age. Um, she's a really hard worker. Um, and she's, uh, gets her, she gets good grades. I mean, I got decent grades, but I didn't feel like I didn't care as much as she does as she does. And so mm-hmm. she is an athlete and works hard to be a really good catcher for softball and, um, and cares and, and uh, yeah, so I feel like confidence and friend wise and being outgoing, we're pretty similar, but she's just like next level. Oh, love that. Yeah. I totally felt that when you said it takes me back to how I felt when I was a kid. Cause I, I too, like that mama bear would come out like <gasps> to see my kid hurting. Oh, it's so hard. Yeah. Um, okay. You're also going to touch on body image. What are some exercises that could help with body image for girls? So I think, so for me, I have always been a big girl my entire life. I remember being in third grade and I was at my friend Janice's house. And for whatever reason, we all got on the scale and they were like in the 60 pound range and I was 88 pounds. And I'll never forget the 88 pounds. And right then I like realized I was somehow different. 
Um, and so my whole life I've been overweight and my highest weight I got up to was 335 pounds. And, um, that was like in 2008. Um, so, but for some reason I always had a lot of confidence. I was always still really outgoing. I always still loved myself. Um, and I think a lot of that attributed to the way my parents, um, held me and loved me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, my daughter is a spinning image of me, except she's an athlete and I was a Girl Scout and I just went to snack and crafts and, and so she moves Gosh, her body I would a have lot. Sworn you were a an, uh like a child athlete, the way you're so like into her yeah. softball. And I played and... softball like the year before kindergarten and was absolutely lost no and didn't way. know what was going on. And um and then I played softball when I was like 21 because it was a beer league. And so I got to socialize with my friends, <laughs> uh, but I was never an athlete at oh, all, okay. um, but I do love sports. Uh, so, yeah, so I just, um, I was always pretty confident about that. So, so I think showing them that, like, don't let your body define you, yeah. you know, and that uh, unfortunately, most of us, there's parts of our bodies that we don't love. Right. Mm-hmm. And so really trying to love your body, no matter what. Right. Which is hard. It's well, hard. that's it. I was like, I just had this conversation with Charlie last night and I said, you know, um, God made your body and God doesn't make mistakes. Right. So your body is your body. And I'm, you know, I, I, I'm a nurse and I actually work in plastic surgery. So I see people alter their body every single day, which I think, um, definitely there's some things that are life changing for people. Um, but loving yourself inside is what's going to make you beautiful outside. You can change all of this, but if you don't feel good in here and love who you are, this is never going to matter. Mm, yeah. You know, you're constantly going to be changing. And I see it firsthand all the time. But right. <laughs> is there anything you're doing you know? to like really, other than talking to your girls about it, anything you're doing to really instill that in them? I think, go ahead. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I, I I just think modeling it and I don't, I, for me, it was never a focus growing up. My parents never defined me and never made me feel like I had a weight issue. Mm-hmm. That was not something. And I have a handful of friends that also grew up with weight issues and it was something that their parents put in the forefront. So if my child brings it up, then I'm there to support her however she wants to do it. And we, I don't talk about body image or, you know, weight, I talk about being healthy. And that's my conversation that I have with Charlie. It doesn't matter what our bodies look like. It matters how healthy we are. Um, We lost my dad and my brother. And so I've always talked to them about, you know, being healthier. We need to just so we can be healthy and live a long time. Um, And, you know, and and learning to respect her body um, and her body shape and size is a, a plus for, being a catcher and having mm-hmm. a girl run into her at home plate, you know, <laughs> but, uh, that's, it's rough. I mean, yeah. she's had, a uh, since she was in first grade, she's had people say things to her about her body and that's not, that's okay. hard. Yeah. It I feel like hard. I was raised by, you know, wonderful parents. They never said anything about my weight, but I, I was big also, I was always the tallest in the class and, you know, I'm not petite. That's not, you know, my jeans, but I've yeah. always like felt like I had body 
image issues. And so having kids, I have to be very careful about like what I say. Like, I don't ever want to say, oh, these pants are so tight today because they hear that. And yeah, they're boys. But like I had my middle son the other day go, oh, my stomach's getting fat. And he is super long and lean, like not an ounce of fat on him. And I'm like, whoa, what is he thinking? But I think he just meant I'm pushing my stomach out. I'm full. But yeah, I'm really careful now of what I say about myself in front of them and even to myself. Yeah. And that's the thing is I also had weight loss surgery. So it's a hard thing for me because I am losing weight, but my purpose of losing the weight and having my weight loss surgery was because I lost my brother and he was only 48 years old. And I was very concerned that it was because of a health Mm -hmm. issue and a lifestyle issue. And I didn't want to, I can't leave my kids in five years. I've got babies, you know, so, um, so modeling that and and making sure that she knows that I'm not doing this because I want to look a certain way. I'm doing this because I want to make sure my body's healthy and strong so they can have a mama for a really long time, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Especially because I'm an old mama. (laughs) 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 Um, Okay. What about, um, they always talk about, oh, girls and cattiness and it's so hard being friends. What are your thoughts on like conflicts with friends and. Okay. So I'll take this one. So a couple of years ago, um, I saw a family therapist or my son did. And I remember him saying like, whenever there's a bully, no matter what, you always stand up to them. Right. And I was like, like, that is ridiculous. You're going to get your ass kicked or, you know what I mean? Like, this is like the stupidest advice I've ever heard. And it was like, I had, um, my son had no issues, but, but from going into sixth to seventh grade, I wanted him to have just a one-time consult with a, a family therapist, just to be able to like, get all his like nervousnesses mm-hmm. like out about going into junior high and like what, because he didn't want to open up to me, you know? So yeah. um, anyways, when this, this therapist told me that I was like, Oh gosh. And then as I started raising teenagers, I was like, no, you do. I think you have to stand up to, you know, uh, when somebody is being mean or catty or leaving you out or not making you feel good. Um, so I think like in a constructive way, so yeah, the girls can be mean, the boys can be mean too, right? Like it's not just a girl issue. No, I think it happens in, in both. And so I think like one of the ways is to say, address it, but like in a constructive way and not like, well, you're this too. So like. I remember about like, I don't know, six months ago, my daughter had an issue with a friend and her feelings were hurt. We did the whole, like, how are you feeling? You know, and I'm like, well, and it's a friend that she wants to keep. Right. And mm-hmm. so, but she was, her feelings were hurt and, and, and some stuff was said and, you know, and I was like, you, you need to address this. And I like helped her like, okay, what could you say? But again, not necessarily, not being mean, to that person for being mean to her, but coming at it with like, I really, when you did that, it just made me feel like this. Um, and the, and when the girl came back and she was like, obviously a little defensive, you know, but then she was like, okay, but I hear you, you know, and, and she like, probably never had someone approach her like that. Right. You know, most of the time you're yeah. with cattiness to cattiness yeah. versus like, 
hey, that really actually hurt my feelings and made me feel pretty bad, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I think like, yeah, there's the cattiness, but like I'm addressing it and mm-hmm. but in a calm manner, not making fun of them back, not, you know, because when you're like, hey, that for really a dig. actually really hurt my feelings, they're like, like, what do I do? You know, right. like there is no coming back with a argument with that. It's like, oh yeah. yeah. And so like when this my you know, daughter's friend was a little defensive. And so like my daughter's like, you know what? I'm not gonna say anything, you know? Um, you know, like I'm not gonna like I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. Or like <laughs> she actually had um a situation that happened. Um, I think it's okay to tell the story, but somebody had posted a picture of her not so cute, right? And um said something, and she was not actually Actually, all the other girls were way more upset. It was in a group message for all these cheerleaders. And um, and the girl was going to actually get kicked off the team because the the head uh, coach was upset that she posted this you know? yucky picture of Della. And so um, the girl was like, oh, my gosh, you can take whatever picture of me and posted the ugliest picture and I was like why would I do that I don't like, want to do that yeah two wrongs do not make a right and I was like listening to her I'm like oh my gosh this is awesome but <laughs> she told her like you know like you made a mistake but I really didn't like what you know that like yeah. it was so awesome to see her being able to like articulate it so I think that's it it's like People are going to be mean. I mean, we still experience as, a, as People adults. People are still being mean. Yeah, you know, you know? Yeah. especially when you're behind a keyboard and you can fire off something so quickly and hide behind it. Yeah, yeah. So, so going back, I think the thing is, is just standing up for yourself. You know, when they're being catty or mean, um, and also just like not taking it personal. You know, like um, realizing like sometimes hurt people hurt people. So I think that's like a big thing that like, I know Katie and I both tell our girls like, yeah, you know, like, let's try to get perspective on where are they coming from? Why would they do that? You know, what was their intention? I'm really coming into sixth grade has been like where I've started to see all this mean cattiness or just the drama starting to happen and everybody's getting their big feelings and their hormones Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And then (laughs) so like my first incident and I'm like calling me like, man, what the hell do I do? You know, like, do I call the mom this and that? And then she was like, no, now is not the time we don't call the moms anymore. She's her how to handle this herself because it's just going to cause more of an issue. If it's like, Oh, Charlie's mom called my mom. And now I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. And, this, that, and Charlie has a big tattletale. And so that's what I've been having to teach Charlie. Like you have to, do this yourself. And here's the things you could say. And like Megan said, okay, you don't need to be disrespectful when you tell somebody, but you need to tell them like, Hey, I didn't like this. Um, same thing. Somebody had posted a video that she didn't like, and it hurt her feelings when she saw this video. And so I was like, okay, like just here to coach you. Like, so you just need to tell the person like, Hey, could you please remove this video? It made me, you know, made my heart hurt or whatever. However, teenage language she wants to throw, yeah, yeah. Bro, can you, this video? Um, <laughs> you know like you write it and tell them you know and then the girl looks like oh, oh okay yeah you know and it's just like meeting them versus at a little bit of a higher level than like retaliating and um, yes 
And yeah, and learning to, and that's it. I had, I was telling a mom about one teacher. She's like, oh, you should call that mom. She's very, she seems like she'd be very receptive. I'm like, no, she's at an age now that she has to figure out how to handle this right. stuff on her own. We're not going to be able to solve every problem for them. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like for myself, like I see people that are in their twenties and thirties that haven't learned to speak up for themselves yet. And now they don't have that skill set and they're being walked over or allowing things to happen because they haven't been taught to speak up for themselves, yeah. you know? And I or just feel like, like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was just say like, if you're not going to speak up for yourself or fight for yourself or whatever, no one else is going to do it, you mm-hmm. know? And until well, you finally have like had enough and then you can go one or two ways with that, you know? So I'm grateful for making me like, no, don't call that mom. This is the time. Like this is your time to shine and you got to teach her these things. So. Well, I like that you're doing that too. Cause I feel like if my kid, if it was the other way around and my child was doing that, I would love for my kid to be called out. Cause I guarantee those girls are probably like, oh yeah, that was pretty shitty of me. Like they're not gonna, they may not c- c- confess and own up to it right away, but they're not going to inside feel like, Oh, I'm fine. That was great. You know, I I want my kids to be called out if they do something like that. I think a lot of times, like me saying, like hurt people, hurt people. These I'm trying to teach Charlie and the kids that this isn't necess- this isn't an issue of hers. Like it's you know, there's it's a lot of things that the not other child's personal. issue. You know, yeah, it's not something that she necessarily did or anything. It's their own issue that they have, and mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's hard for kids to understand that. Like now looking back, I can be like, oh yeah, that bully that I had in elementary school. Well, she was anorexic. She was this, she was that later mm-hmm. on in life. I'm like, oh, she was dealing with a lot and it was not just me, but they don't see that in their little sixth grade, you know, class. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Sure. So hopefully they listen to us. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's it like middle school? Cause I've heard middle schools just like rough years. So Della's in eighth grade and then Charlie's about to go to middle school next year, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are we feeling like about that? It's the trenches. I mm-hmm. mean, it, not to scare you, but you know, oh, no, I mean, yeah. I'm here. I'm I, here I, for all of it. I, I mean, just feel like it's like, let's just get through it. You know, um, it's not awful. It's all like the worst. But I definitely feel like when Finley got to ninth grade, it was like, Oh, right. better over here, you know. There's a lot uh, of hormones. Going yeah. Why, why do you think that? Why are those two years, two three years? So is it just they're changing so much in those those ages? <laughs> yeah, I do feel like um, I remember hearing something somebody telling me like, you know, your child like once they go into middle school, they walk into their bedroom and they like they'll come out around sixteen and you'll see this different child, you know? And I, and I was like, stupid. no way. (laughs) But I really do feel like it's almost true. It's like they, they're just going through all the fields. I don't know if it's necessarily the age. I think like they've like the sixth grade. So they're like, think they're, they're going to like, they're now becoming a little bit more mature, right? They're like, Ooh, like we're seventh and eighth grade, we're middle schoolers, we're not in the baby school anymore. And like, yeah. I don't know, but like I've also seen Charlie's like really interested in boys. Like, oh gosh. you know, like, yeah. like yeah. oh, like someone's just got a boyfriend, mom, and da-da-da. And like that's like a new thing. And like you're like stepped out of like baby you're land like, in a sense. No, and now you're, you're like in this like weird realm of like, oh, you know, 
But I also feel like it's like you don't have the maturity yet to yeah. handle it either, you know. And they and they like put it out there. It's like middle school is awful. So it's like middle school, and even the teachers, I feel like, oh, like we're middle school teachers. So I almost feel it's like almost this self fulfilling prophecy of like. Yeah. Did you feel that way when we were in middle school? I don't really remember. I, I really think it was terrible though. Um, really, I definitely liked high school better. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, agree. I agree. I agree. I definitely feel like high school was more fun. Yeah. Maybe because we can handle our emotions better. I, I just feel like you're like in between, I guess maybe mm-hmm. because you're in between that full teenager and kid. And you're just like, where do I, what do I do? Yeah. Where I so think maybe that's it. You're in the middle. And so you're feeling yeah. like a middle child. Well, and I almost. think you're trying to like find your group of like what you are. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're like, okay, who's my friend? Who, what am I into? Well, I also think it was, as I got older, like, it was like, what are we into? And now as we're older, right, Megan and I like totally different things and, but we're still really good friends. But back then we kind of all had the same interests and dressed the same and, and listened to the same music. So I guess finding, finding your identity. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. It's like that in-between stage between you're a teenager, you're like the little elementary school kid and you're kind of thrown into it. Yeah. Oh, I've got a couple years to go still. Yeah. You'll be fine. <laughs> okay. So to like wrap it up, what would be some tips that you would give parents who are in this stage about to get in this stage? I would say, li- listen, that's exactly what listen, saying. because most of the time they don't want your advice. They just want you to listen to what they have to say. And it's so hard because like we were saying, you're so emotionally attached, mm-hmm. right? Like what the, they said, what to you like, you know, or, um, so I think, yeah, the biggest thing is like listening and don't take it personal. Like sometimes, you know, my kids will come home and they'll be, maybe they had a bad day or something. And they're just a little bit crankier to me. Usually it's like, I feel like mom, because we're like their safe spot, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. yeah we're definitely meaner to the ones we love yeah so I feel as though like there's times where I'm like that was rude you know (laughs) don't take it personal they're they're they're, you were like we were just saying like we were teenagers once it's hard and so I just try to remember that when I'm feeling like like my feelings are hurt sometimes by their like moodiness Mm -hmm. just not to take it personal I also think, and I feel like we heard this together years ago, and I can't even remember who or why, but they were saying about like being the mom that is the carpool mom, being the mom that's there. So you can just hear the conversations that they're having. So you know what's going on and you're involved, you know, you know, it's, and that's what I do love being involved in their lives and knowing I'm always there. Cause I do feel like Charlie is, you know, I think, you know, you, you know, a parent first and then a friend, but Charlie really is one of my little best friends. And that's been, I think one of the best things about having her at this age is like, we do hang out and chill on the couch together and watch a movie. And she will, she does feel comfortable enough to talk to me about anything at this point still. And, um, and I just, it's, yeah, it's like having my own little best friend and I enjoy that. And I want her to always feel like she can come to me and I'm dreading because I'm sure there's a day where she's in her room a lot more than she wants to be with her mom. Um, but just trying to really be open and know that I'm always there for her and then subjecting myself 
in situations where I can just be there and listen and hear and see so I can make sure not just her, but all the girls uh. that are in her life are safe and are okay. And that's even like when I check her TikTok and I see some of the videos her friends post because they're my, my kids in the dugout that I love. Um, some of that stuff, I'm like, does their mom check this? You know, because it this makes me a little sad or whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. So I just want to keep an ear out for all of the kids, you know, I want, I want us to all make it through the trenches, you know, yes. and I want everybody to be happy mm-hmm. and felt loved and held. And not everybody has the same family dynamic. Yeah. Um, and I've actually, there's a situation where I heard a, a child say something to Charlie and they basically said, shut up, Charlie, you get whatever you want. Da, da, da. And I was like, well, that's not true. But what I'm hearing this child say is that she was just more envious of Charlie's family dynamic or her relationship mm-hmm. with me or whatnot. And, um, and it made my heart sad that she yeah. felt different. It's hurting. You know? Yeah. yeah. She, yeah. Her heart was hurting for whatever reason with her home life, you know, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate. Yeah. I love that. You guys, that's the best advice. Listen to them. Um, don't take it personal and be involved. Like, that is that is so perfect. Um, well, I cannot thank you enough because this was thank such you. great insight. I'm taking notes. This is one I'll probably like bookmark and listen to again because it's constant reminders that we need. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for, Thanks for asking us. us. Yes. This is I'm fine. Like, oh, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. You're still in the trenches. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. Thank you, Katie.